Welcome to the Search for Truth podcast, where we take a look at the Word of God and its authentic application to our lives. I'm Pastor Young, and in our daily Bible studies, we will ask the question, what is truth? Where do I fit in the story? And what is God saying to the church? So grab a Bible and enjoy. Word up! Everybody, welcome to another Search for Truth podcast. Let's get our Bibles out and let's begin episode. Oh boy, what is this? Episode five of season two on the outpouring. And tonight we're going to be uh, finally talking about the latter rain. I know that many of you have been waiting on uh, waiting on me to talk about the latter rain. I'm. Uh, I have a mind to perhaps even apologize for how long I took on the former rain, but I really feel like the former rain doesn't get enough attention. And especially, as we'll see tonight, um, the Lord promises that He will send to us not just the latter rain, but also the former and the latter rain together in the same month. So uh, basically what I'm trying to get across is that I, I don't want us to focus so much on what ultimately is just half of what God promised us uh, so much that we miss out on the other half and we need the former rain just as much as we need the latter rain. Where we left off last time I was talking about the purpose of each season, the purpose of the former rain Uh, and remember just just a reminder the purpose of the former rain was to give initial life into the earth, initial life into that seed to cause that seed that went forth to germinate in the soil to sprout and to begin the growth process. Uh, It is to initiate life. Now, the latter rain is going to come later on in the season, just before the harvest. And the purpose of the, for, of the latter rain, if you're taking notes, this is crucial. The purpose of the latter rain is to bring the harvest to fulfillment. Um, if you've ever worked in any sort of garden, in, in, in you know, any environment where you're trying to grow something uh, that you pick, I'm not talking about flowers and stuff, but if, you're, if, you're, if you've ever worked around vegetables, Uh, you know, tomatoes, watermelons, whatever, it is possible to pick it too early. It is very possible to pick it too early. And what happens if you do that? I'll tell you, you just about can't eat it. It's amazing how um, if you were to go out on a, to an apple tree, or if you're from the South like me, um, I could say this one word and you will totally understand persimmon. If you go and pick a persimmon, or if you're a Midwesterner, as many of my listeners are, (laughs) if you go and pick an apple, um, or a fig, or, you know, if you go and pick that fruit too early, uh, it might look good, but it's not ready. It might look nice, and you're worried, "If if I leave it on the vine, 
the bugs will get to it. You know, if I leave it on the vine, I don't know what's going to happen to it. But if you pick it too early, it's not going to be able to be used the way that we intend for it. And likewise, the Lord has perfected his seasons. I talked last time um, a little bit about how typically uh, after the four, after the um, the former rain would come, the farmers would say, all right, that marks the beginning of our season. And the, and the farmers would say, now we just have to wait four months, then comes the harvest. But Jesus told the, the disciples, the apostles, and in the New Age, or in the New Testament, in the modern day, that would be us. He said, say, uh, he said, say not there cometh four months in the harvest. Look, now the fields are white, ready for the harvest. So what Jesus was saying there is, uh, just because you've experienced the former rain, and I, I think I covered this, but just in case I didn't, the former rain in Scripture in the New Testament is the day of Pentecost. You got to look at you got to look at what is going on here. Um, Jesus, as he was teaching, he broke up the fallow ground. They they repented. They uh, John the Baptist helped to break up the fallow ground. They brought forth. They ushered a a great. Uh, wave of repentance, um, and this was followed by uh, by the teaching of Jesus, right? And the teaching of Jesus after the repentance and after the following of these folks, take up your cross and follow me. The teaching of Jesus was the seed. Uh, I mean, literally, a good portion of his own parables contained him talking about seeds. Uh, the sower went to sow in a field. Some seed fell upon good ground, some fell upon stony ground, thorny ground. And, and, and then he clarifies and says, hey, by the way, what I'm talking about, the seed is the Word of God. And then he says, and the, and the ty- different types of ground are the different types of hearts of people. And what Jesus was, was teaching this in, uh, in the environment is they, they were not far removed from this revival that they had just had brought forth by the teaching and preaching of the voice crying out of the wilderness, John the Baptist. Um, before I really get into the latter rain, um, I, I, want to, I want to make a clarification. And uh, the Lord was dealing with me about this whenever I was praying uh, at home. I definitely, definitely need this to be said. And there's a good chance that this might be the best thing that I teach Maybe even in, in this whole season, maybe in this episode, um, it, it's it's not super profound, but it is good information. Okay, we throw terms around in the apostolic church. We throw these we throw these terms around, these words around, and I think it's just because because everyone else uses these words, they they make their way into our vocabulary, and we don't quite. Uh, it's not necessarily that we don't know what we're talking about or we don't know what we're saying. I, I wouldn't go that far. But I would say maybe we don't, we don't really say these powerful things understanding the weight of what we're talking about. So it's not that we don't know what, what we're talking about in general, but we don't understand the importance of what we're talking about. We, we have these buzzwords, right? Revival, right? I hear... I hear people praying in the prayer rooms for revival okay I, I hear that and I love them and they and and we need to pray for revival 
I'm thankful that somebody's praying for revival. Um, we have words, you know, like awakening. At the first awakening, the second awakening, the third awakening. I preached a message entitled the fourth awakening. You know, we we have we have words like breakthrough. We have words like deliverance. We have words like outpouring. The whole you know premise of the season is outpouring. The problem, as I said, is not that we don't understand what we're really talking about. The problem is that we don't understand the weight and the gravity of what we're talking about. And moreover, if we're if we're not careful, uh, you know, fam- the the old saying goes, "Familiarity breeds contempt." So what that means is, the more you become familiar with something, the less you value it. You know, you've got there's there's marriages out there that you were head over heels in love. I don't know why I'm teaching this, but I might be flowing in the spirit right now. You listen up, listeners. Marriages that at the very beginning, you were head over heels in love with that person. You you could not wait to be around them, and now you dread going home. They're the same person. They, I know, I know. You say, oh, no, they're not the same person. They've changed since I married them. Well, you changed too. You see, well, the, the point is that everybody changes, but they're, they're still the same person. But what it is is you become, you've, you've grown very familiar with them. And the more that we get around something, the less we admire it. Uh, I, I, whenever I first moved up to Kansas, I talked to everybody about how beautiful Kansas was. And everybody that I talked to, they were blown away. What are you talking about? Kansas is beautiful? What in the world? And I said, well... You know, I'm from somewhere else. I'm not familiar with this part of the country. I I drove through the Flint Hills and I was just blown away. You know, I went out western Kansas and I saw the Gypsum Hills and and I just was like, man, Kansas is gorgeous. I saw the the wheat fields and the wheat, that golden wheat blowing in the wind. But the folks that were raised here have driven past that every single year since they were born, and they don't see the wheat anymore. You can talk to people that are in you know, the Rockies, and you can talk to people that are in Alaska and people that are in these amazing parts of the world, but they're not amazing to them. They grew up with it. These people that are in New York, uh, you know, some of these really impressive looking skylines, awesome cities, awesome cityscapes, and you'll talk to them and they, they, the, the folks in New York are not impressed by the Statue of Liberty. The folks in South Dakota are not impressed with Mount Rushmore. And why? It's because they've become so familiar with these things, they don't appreciate them. And so likewise, we in the apostolic movement, I hope you're making this connection now, we have become so accustomed to revival, breakthrough, outpouring, awakening. We've, we've become so, uh, so, we've grown up around these terms. We've, uh, we've heard them used in our pulpits so much that now whenever we hear them it's uh it's just a part of the scenery we're 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 not blown away by it anymore we don't understand the gravity of what we have i'm currently working on a message uh, entitled you don't know what you've got uh in which i'm going to be talking a lot about this but maybe that's why it's so heavy on me but but nevertheless what i want to teach you right now is is you cannot afford for these, number one, to become familiar. Okay, you cannot afford for these terms 
to become familiar to you and us underappreciate them, to lose the understanding of the weight, the importance of the term revival, of the term outpouring. Uh, but number two is the main point, and this is what I've been waiting to teach, and that is that that these terms do not all mean the same thing. Okay? This is, this is going to be incredibly important. If you're in the ministry, if you're in the ministry and you're listening to this, I want you to specifically jot this down, memorize this, like, okay, take take note of this. This is important. Outpouring is not the same thing as revival. Revival is not the same thing as outpouring. Okay? Breakthrough and revival are not the same thing. Breakthrough and outpouring are not the same thing. All right? So uh, let, let's talk about this for just a second. And I can already tell by looking at the time that we're going we're gonna to talk. I promise, hand to the Lord, I promise that we're going to talk about the latter rain next week, next Tuesday. I promise. I promise. Pinky promise. Okay? Um, so stay with me. But this, this is incredibly important teaching. Okay? Because um, if you don't understand this, then everything else that I teach is going to uh, it's going to go in your knowledge bank, but it's going to stay there. Whereas if I teach this as well, uh, it'll it'll I, I want this to be things that you can apply, you know, things that you can use, not just things you can know. So listen, what we have is you can find this in in the book of Judges. You can find this in First and Second Kings and Chronicles. Um, this this cycle of sin and repentance, right? I've taught this before, um, that, the, that the people go carnal, that, uh, that they, they chase after false gods, etc., etc., and what does the Lord do? He awakens or stirs up their enemies, right? Uh, in, in First and Second Kings, um, specifically in First Kings, uh, and in some of the, some of the major prophets, uh, the Lord answers all of this with famine, answers, answers their idolatry, answers their carnality. Uh, to build on my former rain episode, anytime that they begin to desire to go back to the sprinkler system, the faucet, rather than depending on the rain, the Lord will, the Lord will stir up a situation where they have no choice but to trust in Him again and say, Lord, send the rain. It's, it's, it's nothing short of a drought that brings forth a turn of the hearts of the people. There's nothing like a famine. Nothing quite like, and this is what I was talking about early on in the season in Chronicles, nothing quite like a drought to get the people praying. There's nothing like a dry season to get you on your knees. There's nothing quite like a financial crisis to get you in a prayer posture. There's nothing quite, can I go a little further? There's nothing quite like a presidential election going the way that you didn't think it would go to get the prayer rooms filling up again. Hey, there's a witness out there. (laughs) There's nothing quite like your world being turned upside down and the enemy's hand seeming to be strengthened in order to turn the hearts of the people of God back towards him. Okay? 
I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Whenever things are going very well, we tend to go to sleep in our spirits. And in that sleep, you could say that we become spiritually dead, that we become religiously dead or, or devotionally dead. And in those times, the Lord is uh, the Lord is going to do whatever He needs to do to wake His people up again, to wake the church up again. And so if He needs to strengthen the hand of the enemy in order to awaken the church, that's what He'll do. Notice in Scripture, He says, uh, He talks about Nebuchadnezzar, and He says, I'm going to send Nebuchadnezzar my servant. Look it up, it's in there. My servant Nebuchadnezzar is going to plow through this land. He's going to, he's going to knock everything down. It's going to be awful. And you're going to look at him as if he's the enemy. You're going to look at him as if he's, uh, he's the guy that you didn't want in charge. But there's nothing like a Nebuchadnezzar that wakes up a church. Folks, listen. This is the definition of revival. Revival is not what we have been calling it. Revival is not just good church. Revival is, uh, revival is not just uh, you know, us feeling good about the posture of the church. In fact, uh, a lot of times whenever we feel that way, we, <laughs> we're, we're heading in the direction of spiritual sleep, spiritual slumber. And uh, what happens, though, is revival is literally an awakening. Uh, now, I can say awakening and revival are practically the same thing. They are. But it's, it's an awakening not of the lost, Revival is not the lost being saved. The reason is because you cannot revive something that was never alive in the first place. Revival comes to the church, not to the city. Okay? I'm, I'm telling you, if you're in the ministry, you need to write this down. You need to learn this. Because revival has got to come first. Okay? Revival. The church has got to become revived. The church has got to wake up. The church, is, the church needs revival. The ministry needs revival, not the city. Oh, what? No, the city needs an outpouring. You see, because again, what, is, what was the purpose of the former reign? To create life. So revival is to revive something that had died but the rain, the outpouring, is to create life in the first place. What the Lord basically uh, dealt with me about is simply this. If the church will be revived, the city will receive the outpouring. Okay? Uh, I, I'm taking principles that I have already taught early on in this season. So if you've not listened to the first few episodes, you need to go back and get those, okay? But the Lord has given us promise for rain, given us promise for the former and the latter rain together. But though that rain is going to be upon the fields. But the problem is the fields are going to go empty because what God has been, uh, if we're not careful, because what the Lord has been concerned about, if you check the New Testament, is the harvest is plentiful, but it's the laborers are few. It's not that the laborers don't exist. It's that they're not laboring. It's not that there is no laborers, it's that the laborers that do exist are sleeping, that the, the laborers that do exist are carnal, that the laborers that do exist are comfortable, that the laborers that do exist are distracted. And so when the laborers that already exist, that are in the church, 
are awakened, when they are revived, whenever they have new life in them again, they give their effort, they break up the fallow ground in repentance, they sow the seed of the word, and then the Lord gives the city, the lost, an outpouring in response to a revived church's work or a revived minister's work. If you are in the ministry or if you are already in the body of Christ, if you're a part of the church and you have no labor to speak of, if you have no effort to speak of, if you have no cultivation in the fields, you uh, are not in a position to pray for outpouring. You've got to pray for, for revival. And don't be praying for revival for the lost souls that are in your city. You pray for revival for you. And you pray for revival for your family. And you pray for revival for your church. And those that have known the truth but have not lived it. You pray for revival for those that have lived but are now dead. You pray for revival for those that have passed away in their spirit. Those that sleep and slumber in their spirit. That is what we need revival for. And if the church will get revival, the city will get an outpouring. I love you all so much. Thank you again for tuning in. And before I go, before I go, please, please stay with me for just a couple of seconds uh, because I want to talk to you about another podcast. Okay, I'm not doing it, but uh, but this this podcast is called Steadfast Steadfast Devotional, and. this is a bi-weekly podcast put on by some awesome, awesome young ministers. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of young ministers ride with me to Bible studies, to go to houses, and, and uh, these two have such a mighty anointing on their life. Um, they, they, these are just a couple of young apostolic dudes trying to figure out how to be devoted to God. Uh, they'll discuss the journey of ministry their awkward stories, and I'm sure they have a lot of them. Some of them probably have me in them. I, 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 we've had some awkward times, and and their growth as Christians. You can follow us, uh, follow them on Spotify at Steadfast Devotion Podcast and Instagram at Steadfast Devo. So to uh, follow them, follow them as they go along this amazing journey. Look, as far as I'm concerned, if I could promote every apostolic podcast out there, and maybe one day I might. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to spread the word. And so uh, I'm going to be promoting these guys at a random point in all of my episodes. So go and follow them right now. Exit out of my podcast and search out Steadfast Devo or Steadfast Devotional. And uh, anyways, you're you're really going to be blessed by these young men. And uh, so anyways, I'll catch you guys next Tuesday. God bless you.